Hi, this is Bob, and today I have an interview with Atoll. Atoll has released their fourth full-length album entitled Human Extract. This album shows a few nuanced changes that make this their strongest to date. And here is my interview with Atoll. my friend how's it going I, dude great how you doing wade i'm doing good man just hanging out i wanted to thank you for taking time to speak with me today oh anytime man anytime sorry it was a little confusing getting everything ready for the time but uh but yeah um we're just we're just excited we're excited for the offer too man thanks for having us out and uh you know we're just excited we're just excited for the future and uh you know, ready for ready for whatever comes our way. I'll tell you what, uh, with this album, there's a great future ahead for you. It's great from top to bottom. Thanks, man. I appreciate that, dude. Um, you know, this is I feel like this is one of our more polished ones. Um, you know, and it's uh, it's I don't know the process of recording. It was kind of different because it kind of got thrown together last minute you know what i mean um mm. but uh you know um I'm trying to think of what i want to say so pretty much what we did is we we recorded like 18 tracks right and we were gonna do you know we were gonna do a full length album with like you know 14 tracks and then we were gonna do a split with a bigger band and uh we mm. talked to maddie way our manager at a uh, unique and um he's like dude just split it up into two albums, man. He's like, you can get nine tracks per album. That's enough for a full length. He's like, do that. He's like, you can have a lot more singles and have a lot more exposure on the music that you made as opposed to doing a 14 track, you know? And we were like, shit, well, maybe, maybe that's the better run. And so that's what we decided on. And, um, but the thing is, is we had the 18 songs ready and we were going to, you know, we, anyways, we got, we kind of got put on blast and, our due date was earlier than we thought. So we had to like, we had to track and mix and get everything done in a really small amount of time. Um, which was a challenge because, you know, one of our, our guitar player, well, all of us live in Phoenix, Arizona and, uh, our guitar player lives in, um, and he lives in, uh, um, Dallas. So we had to fly him in to track at my house and it was just, it was kind of a shit show, but, I'm glad it turned out. I wanted to ask you if you could talk about the song Bone Sister. One of my favorite tracks on the album. Yeah. 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 I can. Uh, so pretty much. So that, so our guitar player uh, Spanky wrote that one and pretty much the, the premise of it is um, it's just, it's about a serial killer. You know what I mean? It's just a basic slasher, you know, um, type torture, you know, lyric concepts. And uh, I kind of just, I don't know. I wanted like our last, our last albums were kind of, you know, um, I don't know. They had like a funny, like, you know, humor aspect to some of the lyrics and these ones, I kind of yeah. wanted to be a little more serious. And I kind of, I didn't want them to be so straightforward. I wanted them to be, um, you know, just like something that you could interpret on your own as opposed to like, you know, he stabbed him in the face and then he, you know, ripped out his entrails, blah, blah, blah. Like I wanted like something that was more like off to the side and like suggestive as opposed to like, you know, right in your face. 
And that way you could assume, like, you could let the lyrics take your mind wherever you wanted to take them, you know, as opposed to being um, straight up, you know, just straight up gore lyrics, you know what I mean? Or like, you know, a lot of dudes, sure. a lot of dudes will get like medical dictionaries and they'll look up like, and they'll, they'll get straight up medical terms. Like the guy from Viramia did that a lot. Um, but uh, so, yeah, I kind of just wanted to go in a different direction with the lyrics. Um, as far as the song goes, um, like I said, our guitar player, Spencer, he wrote, he pretty much wrote that whole thing. And then uh, we, 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 uh, we programmed the drums to it. Man, I programmed the drums. I don't even play drums, but like, you know, we've kind of gotten into that. And then our, and then pretty much we'll program the drums and then our drummer Andy will come in and learn it and he'll put his spin on it, like add his fills and just do his own little thing um, while keeping like the structure of the drums going. And then, uh, yeah. And then we just, like I said, we tracked it. We sent it off to, to Miguel from Demigod. Um, he does, he does all of our stuff. Um, but yeah, so that, that song, that song. And I think that was the last song that got finished on the album um, too. That was one of the last ones. Um, but yeah, was there anything else you wanted to know about that track? Uh, no, that, that basically got for me. Um, another thing I wanted to ask you about is, if I was to pick your next video, your friends are dead would be it. Ah, I think, I think that is a, that is my favorite track on the album. That's awesome. That's one of our guitar players. So our guitar player Chris wrote the majority of that one, and then, uh, yeah, now that one has kind of a different vibe to it to me because it's like, it doesn't have a lot of changes in it. Like it has a it has a steady tempo. And it sticks at that mm. tempo and it's a head bobber, you know, um, and the, the song yeah. itself is about I don't and I don't because I kind of like I said, a lot of the lyrics on this album, I wanted to be suggestive and not straightforward and create an atmosphere. And so but what the what the song is about is about a guy, a drug dealer guy or like, you know, just a dude that does drugs and he gets a bunch of fentanyl or a bunch of like, you know, he gets a bunch of opiate pills and he brings them back to all of his friends and they're thinking they're all going to get high, but it's got a bunch of fentanyl, and then he ends up having to watch all of his friends overdose while he's dying, and then he dies. Um, so it's like that's kind of like a you and your friends are dead type. I don't know. That's where the that's where the right. that's where the name came from. But yeah, that's like it's kind of a morbid. And, I'm, and like I said, we're from Arizona, so we're close to the border. So like we, I see stories about that all the time. You know, even the cops, if they uh, if they touch some of this raw fentanyl. Um, that's coming out of the bags and stuff, they'll overdose too. And they have to have like Narcan shots on scene for stuff like that. But anyway, wow. yeah, that's, that's what that one was about. And I don't know if it, it wasn't really a political thing. It was just, it was just kind of a stab at a, at a morbidly tragic situation. You know what I mean? Cause it's like, it's killing lots of other, it's, it's killing lots of people down here, you know? Sure. And speaking of videos, how did the video go for the title track? I'll say that again. I'm sorry. Uh, speaking of videos, uh, how did the video go for the title track? It went good. It went good. So um, our our manager, Matty Way from, you know, Discourage and Pathology and Abominable, he uh, he has his own company that he does films for. It's called From the North Films. So go check that out. He's on YouTube um, and, you know, he has releases, but he pretty much does like short kind of avant-garde horror films, you know, Um but he he decided to shoot it, and uh, I don't know if you're familiar. There's a there's a town called Miami, 
Um, but it's in it's in Arizona. It's a small little town. It's got like a thousand people in it, and it's an old old mining town. And uh, so we went up there and shot it at an abandoned gas station, like right off one of the main highways. And uh, we, we even drove out. It was like a three day shoot the first night we got up there. Um, and it's about it's about an hour and a half drive from Phoenix from where we live. And so and then we drove past that out into Globe and we drove like 20 miles out into the middle of nowhere. And we shot all the car scenes. Um, and we even had this old guy, Tom, the guy that's dragging the 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 pick that old yeah he so he is the curator of the museum there's a big museum in miami like a mining museum and i guess it used to be one of those the building that he works at used to be one of those uh those native boarding schools so they would come in like they would come in like you know teach the native out of the native kids it was a really unfortunate situation um but anyways he was on like an he was on an episode of ghost adventures um and he he helped us out a lot like that was an original ice pick i mean that was an original mining pick from like the 1890s or something like that that he was dragging wow. and, um yeah and then it was it was a really cool experience you know maddie uh maddie did a lot of cool editing and we kind of had to put it together on a budget you know what i mean that's kind of why it, it does look a little bit low production but we kind of wanted that you know we kind of wanted that you know cheap horror we didn't want a bunch of special effects in there you know what i mean um plus like i said we were on a budget and uh but yeah it turned out you know beyond our expectations as far as like yeah you know because it's it's sometimes it's tough finding a location and it's tough having like a you know an original looking music video and you know i like it it, it looks good but it doesn't look like anybody else's so and with that track the the content supersedes the image anyway so the quality is not as important as what is behind it yeah yeah and i so our, our our guitar player chris and i wrote that um we that was one of the ones that wasn't really pre-written we kind of just we had a few beers and smoked a bowl and was like let's just sit down and just write some riffs and just see what we can come up with and that's that's kind of what came out and that was the only time and I don't know. I don't know if this is noticeable or not, but all of our other songs are on one tempo. So it's like you know, 150 beats per minute, and it stays at that. This was the very first song we've ever done where we change tempos in the middle of the song and then come back. And so I think that I think that had a pretty good impact um, as well. It's something that people weren't used to hearing, and you know, we kind of wanted to go for a different audience with this one too. Like we've, you know, we've done brutal death metal, you know, for most of our albums. So we kind of wanted to just change it up a little bit, like, you know, with the vocal layering and, um, you know, some of the songwriting stuff We're like, let's just take a chance and write whatever we think sounds cool, you know? And, uh, um, I think, I think it paid off in some aspects, you know? Absolutely. And, uh, speaking of the tracks, as far as laying them down, what would you say was the hardest track for you guys to lay down? Hmm. For this album, <clears throat> I would probably say stab wounds become formless um, only because of like the complicated guitar parts in the beginning. Um, it was, it was difficult. And plus, like I said, we, we, no, we hadn't played any of these songs together yet at all. So it was, it was kind of difficult getting all the, the small little loose ends figured out, you know? Um, but I think, I think that one was the most difficult only for the fact is that the guitars, the guitars are so different. And I wrote that one. And I don't know what it is, but when you're when you're trying to get somebody to track something that they didn't write, that one, they don't have any muscle memory on where their fingers are supposed to go. Two, like I have sure. a really weird progressive way of writing. 
where there's like there's going to be, you know, a palm mute or something weird where you wouldn't expect it to be. And so them having limited practice, it was tough, you know, getting everything ready to go. Um, but that's yeah. So that, that that was definitely the the most the most tricky track as far as this album goes. But so we have another album coming out. Um, and I guess this is kind of exclusive, but yeah, we have another album coming out in uh, it's I think it's going to be sometime early winter or I'm sorry, late winter of 2024. Cause like I said, we did, we recorded two albums at one time. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so that, that, and so that whole other album of nine songs is the same recording session. Um, so that was, yeah, like I said, it was, it was quite the undertaking, but um, in today's digital world, you know, like you'll see these bands, they'll put out a single every three months. You know what I mean? And that's kind of the only way to stay relevant on Spotify and other other areas is to put out content and put out stuff, you know, every few months. Otherwise, you know, if you sit around for a year and a half, your numbers really die. You know what I mean? Um, especially in today's attention deficit, hyperactive disorder world, you know. Right. Yeah. And I think that's something that's that's sad in a way, because like I say, I enjoyed this album from top to bottom and was totally immersed in it. And for people to take selected tracks and only listen to them is just to me horrible, you know, because uh, I'm just uh, being an older guy. I'm 57. I listen when I listen to the album, I want to hear the entire album. I want to hear a song of this band and then flop to the next band. You know, I want to hear what it's all about and be immersed in the album. Yeah, I, I agree. It's almost like it's like watching a movie. You know what I mean? Like you can't sure. you can't get you can't get the premise of the movie by just watching a few scenes, you know, you know, peppered throughout the movie. Um, and plus, it's like, I don't know, it's uh, it's t- it's you got to find a vibe in the record, you know. Um, yeah. But it's just, you know, it is it is what it is. And I've, I've heard of a lot of bands actually moving away from full album formats like, you know, Dying Fetus. They just did that. It's I I think it's an album, but then they release three singles and then the album comes out later. But I, I have there's quite a few other bands that I know of that they don't even do a full album; they just do EPs like once a year. Um, sure, you know, and we're even you know, thinking I, about you know we're still going to do full albums because we're old school like that and we're older dudes. I mean, I'm 37. I think our oldest member is, uh, you know, 43 or 44 or something. Um, but we we're probably going to do you know look for some dumb stuff from us like little covers and stuff like that to try and keep everything up because our the the gap between our last albums was tough on our on our numbers you know i also wanted to ask you if you could speak on the album artwork and the artist that was involved in the album artwork so the album artwork um our our bass player cameron actually did it and uh what we were looking for is just something you know kind of morose looking but we didn't want it to be like i said we didn't want it to be straightforward we wanted it to be um something suggestive and you know he he kind of sketched out a few ideas and um you know we kind of just you know we went with the with the best idea we looked and you know we uh we like the reds and the colors in it and um you know it just i don't know the simplicity of it just kind of spoke to us and we were just like yes because we had we had a couple other artists commissioned pieces for us um i think armada art commissioned one um, and it was really awesome. It was awesome piece. And it was, uh, it was made specifically for the human extract concept. And, you know, it had a big, you know, alien monster that was sucking the souls and extracts out of people, but it was, 
it was kind of just a little, I don't know. It just seemed like every other slam cover out there, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so we just wanted something a little different. And so we decided, you know what, let's take it on ourselves and just see what we can do. And uh, after playing with some designs and stuff, um, you know, we just decided on a basic kind of skeleton. It looks like you kind of kind of gas mask out, but it's, it's kind of one of those things that's kind of open to perturb- open to interpretation when you're looking at it, you know? Yeah. First thing I thought of when I looked at the cover is that it'd be a badass tattoo. You know what? I never thought about that. That would be a fucking cool tattoo. That would be a cool tattoo. Fucking uh, the, I don't know if you've seen the merch that came out with the, with that design turned out pretty fucking cool too. They did like a tank top that just has like the straight red pattern. And I was, mm-hmm. When they told me that's what they were doing, I was a little concerned on how it was going to look, but it looks really, it looks really fucking cool. I wanted to ask you as well, if you could uh, speak on your musical development and at what age did you begin? So this is, this is a fun story. So I started playing piano. Oh, you know, I grew up in Billings, Montana. Um, and I started, you know, I took piano lessons. I came from a decent house. Um, so yeah, I took piano lessons like starting in third grade and then I took piano lessons all the way up until I was, until we moved to Phoenix in 97, I think I was 12 or 11 or something, <coughs> but I hated, I, I hated playing the piano cause it, I don't know. I was a kid and I had just bought Metallica kill em all, you know what I mean? And had Pantera right. records. And I was like, I don't want it. Like, I was like, you can't do anything brutal with the piano mom. Like this sucks. So then we moved there like, okay, you can take piano lessons and guitar lessons, started taking guitar lessons and, you know, got pretty good. I was playing like, you know, I was playing some of the harder Metallica stuff and Pantera. And then um, my friends, I was like 18 and my friends introduced me to like Cannibal Corpse and heavier stuff because I wasn't even really when I was a teenager, I wasn't that into it. You know what I mean? I was like, ah, oh, the screaming, you know, I like the guitars, but the screaming isn't too much. And then I got sick of this, you know, the Pantera Metallica, System of a Down, level heavy, and I wanted something more. And so I started getting into DSI and Cannibal Corpse and playing stuff like that. And then in uh, in 2008, I got in a car accident and it completely, it like pulled the nerve roots out of my spine. And so it, par- it paralyzed my left hand. So I haven't been able to play guitar since then. And uh, so I started making rap beats and stuff. And then I came back, I, I did the rap thing for like, you know, four years. And then, and then I got a bunch of DUIs and went to prison for a few years and then got out and started doing vocals. And the funny story, I actually, I tried out for Atoll um, and was jamming with them for about a month or so, but I had just started doing vocals and I was doing like an, a mix of inhales and exhales, but they sounded mm. really crappy. Um, and I'll be the first person to admit that. So they, so they, I wasn't even in the band, but they're like, okay, we're going to go with somebody else. Um, but anyways, yeah, but then, um, kind of interesting. I started, uh, for the last two albums, I bought a, uh, I bought a little seven string guitar and tuned it to a standard, which is like, you can play like bar power chords with that. And, uh, mm. so I just, I've laid the guitar down like a, like a, like a lap guitar, like a steel guitar. And so I just use my hand and I'll, uh, I can play like power chords and stuff, but like, so for some of the more complicated riffs, I'll literally record each note individually and then I'll put it to a grid in Pro Tools and I'll make, and I'll make the riff that I want to make using individual notes. 
Like that's how uh, that's how Justice in the Flesh was written. Stab Wounds Become Formless was written like that. Um, you know, there's a few other songs peppered into these next two releases that were written like that. And I think those are some of the more interesting ones because it they're they're written in a different way where instead of just like being able to stretch your fingers out and do whatever, I really, really have to think on like how I want to structure these songs and what notes I want to put in the uh, you know, what no what, what notes I want to put in and stuff like that. And uh so it's just I think those songs are probably gonna stick out a little more as far as um I don't know. They just, like I said, they sound different, you know, and we kind of wanted to yeah. take a different direction, not a different, I guess when you say a different direction, we just try to want to try a different writing style with this one. And um, so, yeah, you'll, you'll, you might notice the differences in those tracks. Along your journey, what would you say has been the best advice that has been given to you along the way? I would just, I mean, you know, um, when I first started out, there was a local band, um, I can't, you know what? I can't for the life of me remember what their name was around here, but, uh, um, they just said, dude, and they, they had, they had some success. Um, oh, it was vehemence. Cause we, I don't know if you're, I don't know if you're familiar with them. We, uh, a bunch of their members are in another band and we shared a room with them, a practice room, but the, 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 the vocalist, Nathan, he said, uh, listen, man, like, as as much as you want to quit this shit sometimes and as much and as frustrating as it is and uh, you know as as tough as it is to see other bands that haven't been around as long as you get bigger he's like if you can just stay consistent dude and just keep making good records you know what i mean for for like right. you know a 10 year period dude and just like just stay doing what you're doing and you know try and keep it within your budget and stuff and not get overwhelmed he's like that's the key to getting this stuff done is you know, he's like, it just, you just got to stay consistent. He's like, there's a million billion bands out there with more bands forming as we speak. But if you notice a lot of those bands, they, they, they're not meant to last. You know what I mean? They'll drop, they drop off really quick. There's only a select few that really stay going for a long time. And uh, he's like, so if you can just stay consistent, man, you'll see, you'll see the success that you want and it won't come overnight and you have to be patient, but you know, just stick with it, man. You know? Sure. Just last week, I, uh, sent out an invite for an interview with a band that just released an album no more than four days ago. And the, one of the guys responded to me saying, uh, well, there's not much to talk about other than goodbye. We're done. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and that's like, I see, I don't know what it is. We've been a band for, we've, I mean, we've, we've been a band since 2014, but we've had the same lineup since, 2017 i believe and it's i mean there is something to be said about having the same lineup and you know you just you got to work together dude and some i feel like sometimes sometimes egos kick in you know um mm -hmm. and uh especially when you've got something you know when you see a little bit of success um it's tough plus it's it's tough to organize you know five four or five fully grown men to do the same thing and be in the same place it's uh it's it's a lot more nerve wracking and aggravating than than somebody who's not in the industry would be led to believe, you know. Sure, it's a marriage, yeah. you know. Yeah, it really it really is, dude. And you gotta, you know, you you gotta kind of be in tune with your other with your other guys, you know, um, especially when you're on the road too, you know. Right. Um speaking we talked a little bit earlier about the merchandising what's the best way to get a hold of merchandise so and a physical copy of this album 
So you can go to, um, let's see, for a physical copy, I would go to Indie Merch. If you go, if you go to, if you just go to Indie Merch and you search Atoll, um, it's going to pull up all of our stuff. I believe we still have a few select items from our pre-puce EP that came out. Uh, but yeah, we've got, um, yeah, just go to IndieMerch.com and search Atoll. Um, or I believe if it's IndieMerch.com slash Atoll, that works too. Um, we've got, uh, you can get a physical copy of the album. We've got flags. I believe they're three by three size flags. Um, we've got, uh, let's see, we've got basketball shorts, a tank top, and a t-shirt also available. And lastly, I wanted to ask you, if you could give a message to your fans, what would that message be? Let's see here. If I could give any message to our fans, it would be to just make make sure make sure that booty hole stays tight for us because when you see us, you, you might have to go see a doctor to get it repaired. <laughs> Absolutely. This is a kick-ass album, and I can't wait to uh, get a chance to see you guys live. Hopefully you guys will hit to on a tour here with us one because it is great from top to bottom awesome yeah yeah and, and dude thanks for having us out we we really appreciate all the feedback uh where where are you located at rob i'm in ohio um right by the football hall thing oh oh okay okay yeah i mean there's a there's honestly a good chance we're gonna be there um there is i can't give out too much information but there is a, a tour um bubbling and brewing in the unique leader halls um that is possibly could be happening sometime in the spring of 2024. Um, but we're, we're expecting it's going to hit all the markets in the U S. So there's a, there's a good chance we'll probably be coming your way. Well, great. I hope that you'll keep me updated with any new news as it comes about so I can get it out there. Yeah, absolutely. Like we, well, we just signed with, uh, with continental touring. I don't know if you've heard about our, our old manager, um, not manager, our old booking agent. We had him for, few months but there was a big scandal with him but anyway so now but we're on we're on continental now um with a different agent and so we're expecting we're expecting some newer bigger offers coming through um so yeah expect us on the road we're trying to be out on the road for a few months out of the year so um yeah just expect to see us on some flyers and save your money for the for the punishment to to come well, thank you very much for taking time to speak with me. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you, my friend. Absolutely. The pleasure's been all mine, Rob. And thanks again for uh, for having me out. All right. Thank you. And you have a great rest of your day. You do the same, my friend. Cheers. All right, cheers. Bye, bud. I'd like to thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can sponsor a podcast. Just click that button and you can be a member of the family. And remember... Come see me for a fix.